This episode of the Upper Discussion Podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey, the Canadian way, without an E. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to episode 293 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Every week, we tackle a different ingredient, dish, or style of cuisine, sharing our favorite recipes and learning from our wonderful guests. Today, we're talking all about soup. But before we dig in, can you dig into a soup before we spoon in? Nope. I'm sticking with Diggin. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So I want to encourage you to take some time today, and every day, but I think especially today, uh, if you're one of my Canadian listeners, because it is uh, Canadian Thanksgiving today, which is... Uh, some colonialist bullshit. Uh, So I want to encourage you to take some time to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities thereof. Um, If you are one of my Canadian listeners and you are, you know, (laughs) it's celebrating Thanksgiving today, uh, don't feel like this is me telling you you're not allowed to have a nice dinner with your family. You're not allowed to eat turkey and mashed potatoes and tasty things. Look, it is good to celebrate things that you are thankful for. It is good to spend time with family and friends and and eat and be merry. But it's also important to recognize the colonialist roots of that holiday and to think about that and to have that be part of your conversation at your Thanksgiving dinner table if you have one, right? If you're you're gonna celebrate a holiday that is built on roots of oppression, you need to acknowledge that. (laughs) You know, maybe find a different kind of holiday to celebrate. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, just to have a dinner you know? Doesn't have to be celebratory. Spoilers, turkey is available at the grocery store year-round. You can eat it any day that you want. Why not just have your friends and family over and tell them you love them and not, you know, celebrate colonialism? But if you are doing a Thanksgiving dinner, again, just make sure that it is part of the conversation you're having. Make sure that you're teaching your kids about where that comes from and how that was shitty and not okay and is still actively screwing over a lot of people. Make sure that you are talking to your old racist relatives about it because uh, they definitely need to also hear it and uh, they're not going to learn unless somebody tells them. So uh, yeah, that's it. That's my little rant for today. Think about, you know, the roots of Canadian Thanksgiving if you're celebrating it. And uh, my American listeners, you got about uh, six weeks before I'm going to tell you the exact same thing. So yeah, get ready for that. Today's topic was requested by one of my Patreon supporters, Gabriel, over at patreon.com slash up for discussion. If you want to request a topic for a future episode, you can head to Patreon and pledge as little as a dollar. 
So today, October 12th, is National Gumbo Day. It's also Canadian Thanksgiving, like I mentioned earlier, but of course that is some colonialist bullshit, and we here at Up for Discussion want nothing to do with it. So instead of talking turkey, today we are talking soup. Now, for a link between soup and gumbo, gumbo is the official state soup of Louisiana and heavily features my favorite trio of veggies, onions, celery, and bell peppers, along with meat, shellfish, some kind of thickener, usually okra or sassafras. But gumbo is just one of many, many wonderful, warm, cozy soups out there. So today I'm going to be talking to some of my friends about their favorite kinds of soup to snuggle up with and eat while, say, reading a young adult novel or listening to a recently released folk rock album. If those examples seem extremely specific, maybe you you just haven't met my friends yet. First up, I'm going to be talking to Caddy Diop, one of the hosts of the Yeah podcast here on the Upford Network, a show all about young adult literature and the lessons we can learn from it at any age. And then later, we'll hear from Giovanni Colantonio, one of the hosts of Left Trigger, Right Trigger, a video game book club podcast and lead singer of the band Duckspeak, who just released a brand new album, Death to All Kings, out now. Caddy, thanks so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. That was a lot of words. <laughs> so many words. I was very impressed by the rhythm at which you were able to eject them from your mouth. <laughs> well, uh, rather than ejecting things from our mouths today, let's focus on putting things into them. And those things are specifically <laughs> food. <laughs> soup, in fact. Um, Caddy, when uh, when I decided I was going to do an episode on soup, uh, you were, in fact, the first person who came to mind uh, as a potential guest, because I think maybe about a year ago, it came up in conversation just sort of organically that you are a huge soup person. I am a soup nerd. I think I would have been really upset if you had had a soup episode and I was not involved <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I love soup so so much. It's like the ultimate comfort food. That's interesting because a couple weeks ago I made the case that mac and cheese is the ultimate comfort food. I'm lactose intolerant. There we go. Therefore, <laughs> that is a moot point. <laughs> You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. I will say, uh, while mac and cheese is kind of my go-to comfort food, soup is my ultimate like fall comfort food, if that makes sense. Like as yes. soon as as soon as the leaves start falling off the trees, I'm like every other comfort food can get out of here. I am all about big warm bowls of of, of liquid. I completely agree with you. I think um, in the dead of winter, when there's no when there's no fresh veggies around, soup is not as attractive. That's why stews are maybe a bit more interesting at that time of the year for mm -hmm. me. Um, but we're still we're coming off harvest, right? So there's still all these beautiful veggies and all these you know sad looking veggies that grew up with all these beautiful veggies and that are just as worthwhile and deserve to be celebrated for their flavor and maybe not their appearance or if you chop them up their appearance is great so yay but yeah so we still have all these incredible flavors that we can make and and then I mean soup fall soups are also great once you freeze them and thaw them in the dead of winter and then you get a flash of vitamins and a flash of delicious like autumnal flavors which you know are delicious at any time of the year absolutely it's uh yeah. I, i'm glad that you bring that up because i i like to think as much as i can about like food security and food access and uh soup is one of those things that kind of stretches ingredients a long way right because a, a large part of soup is water really like even if you're making a broth with the water like you can kind of stretch that a lot further by adding more water to it which uh granted there are lots of people in the world who don't have access to clean water but that ends up being kind of an easier resource than say like 
beef or even rice to an extent. And uh, I really like the idea that like, yeah, all soup is kind of the great equalizer of ingredients, right? Because they don't need to look pretty anymore when you're throwing them into a soup. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think from a food security perspective, like soup is also something that is international, right? Mm. There's soup in every single culture or a food that is eaten in a bowl in principle. So there is something very unifying about it. Mm -hmm. And it's also a way to break isolation. It's also like, I mean, it's, you know, when people people talk about sharing a meal, you know, especially if they come from a Judeo-Christian background, even um, in Islam, we break fasts with 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 soup. You know, that's that's right. part of it. It's 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 something that that unites. So when we talk about food security, that's even that's awesome, right? You can make incredible soup out of very few ingredients. You can stretch a soup. You can add all the ingredients in all the stuff in your fridge and turn it into a very nice soup um, I've done it several times I think that, that soup is one of the world's most perfect foods yeah absolutely. And even if you don't have access to clean water uh, boiled water kills a heck of a lot of bacteria um, and for the other as well ugh. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, I feel like a, a, at a certain point, if you don't have access to clean water, that is maybe the first thing that you're worried about as opposed to being worried about, you know, how good your soup tastes, right? That's a good point. Although I would like I would like to now go to a soup party where I get to judge soups made by people. That would bring me a lot of joy. <laughs> a soup competition? Yeah. I think that's my new job goal is um, post-pandemic job opportunity. Please reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I would like to be a soup judge. <laughs> I'll see if I can make it happen. All I do is eat soup. So I was thinking about soup in preparation for this episode, obviously. And uh, one of the kind of, I, I have two questions, I guess. The first is sort of, well, they're both preference things, but one of them is kind of a yes or no preference and the other is an actual preference preference. When you're going for soup, do you prefer a soup that is broth with stuff floating in it, or do you prefer a soup that's like blended together? I love to chew my food, so I'm going to go for option A. I prefer a chunky soup. Um, I love to involve all of my mouth um, in my eating process, including all of the teeth. So I want to have things to chew on. I, just broth is not cool to me. Um, that's why texture is important in soup and you need to have like different textures because if everything is also mushy, no thank you. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of brothy soup with chunks. Nice. It's a very scientific term. Yeah, yeah. That is that is in fact what they call it in the world of gastronomy is brothy soup with chunks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I think I'm in the same boat, although I will say a like a blended soup can be really, really nice with the right sort of seasoning happening to it. Uh, we just had a really nice like carrot and ginger soup a couple weeks ago. And I think that if I got a carrot and ginger soup that was broth based, I wouldn't like it as much. That's a really good point. But I, th I find that with pureed soups, oftentimes a lot of folks think that they cover all manners of sin, like they can just <laughs> throw in everything in there. And I find that it's often like I've, I've had more negative surprises with blended soups than I have <laughs> with brothy and chunky soups. Right. <laughs> I get that. I, I think I'm in the same boat. I, uh, 
like I, I think that blended soups have their place for sure but overall mm-hmm. overall I'm definitely uh more of a kind of loose soup person I don't like that I don't like saying that phrase at all but that's... I'm, I, <laughs> a loose soup person yep that's um, me. I mean listen right if we're gonna go down like if you go down the list of like your top soups right or mm. t- top soups of the day because I find that this changes depending on the weather and oh, sure. how my body is feeling um but you know like I've been thinking a lot about like classic French soups and mm. consommés and and veloutés which which have potatoes in them and that thicken up into a potage and and there is something really decadent about those because it's generally like four ingredients right, right? so you're really just relying on on just the incredible flavor of those ingredients and just like a really, really good salt. So those are those I find really interesting. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they're easy to mess up too. Oh, sure. You know, even from personal experience, like they're so easy to mess up. So so those those are interesting soups, I think. But like the end of the end of the end of the month, let me dump everything in, in blended soups. Would rather not. Don't like show me, show me, show your work. You know, like cut it up <laughs> into small pieces, make it look nice, put it in a fragrant broth. Um, you know, like let me see those chunks of mac and cheese that you've tried to like oh, no. integrate into your soup. Like it, I'm, I'm so much more interested in that than in some like mush. You know what? I I get that. I respect that. I uh, I hadn't thought of it that way specifically, but you're right that there is something really nice about being able to see everything that's going on in there. Yeah, and then you can absolutely not pick up certain parts of your soup, which is the best part about chunky soup. <laughs> you can choose to have like a piece of meat with a piece of pasta and a piece of vegetable, or you can just be like, no, I'm going to eat only the noodles first, and then I'm going to eat the veggies, and then I'm going to leave like the chunks of meat for last and it's going to be like the best soup ending it's like soup dessert you know like it's like within your own soup course you're you're creating like a, a an appetizer that's a main and, and a dessert I, you know, I, so. I find that really yeah. interesting because a, a little while ago um so the the second guest who's coming up later in the show giovanni was on our cereal episode last month and he mentioned soup in that episode which is why he's coming back for this one and he said something to the effect of like <laughs> soup alone is not a meal like you have to have something else with it and I wasn't totally sold because I think that you can have soup as a meal but I get the idea that like it's better if you've got like even just some crunchy bread or some crackers but I think that where I draw the line is and I hadn't thought about this at the time but here is I think what is happening to me now is I'm having this revelation I think that when you're having a soup that's been pureed and blended into one like mass (laughs) that is not a meal alone But if you're having a soup that is like a big bowl with, you know, a broth and a bunch of stuff in it that you can, like you were just saying, kind of pick and choose as you're going, I think that kind of soup lends itself to being a meal in and of itself a lot better. Now, is it still better if you got some crusty bread on the side? Absolutely. Who doesn't want crusty bread on the side? But that's not the question. I mean, should soup not have crusty bread on this side? I mean, like, it depending on the culture of origin of said soup, like, if the soup comes from a crusty bread area of the world, you need crusty bread. Right. You know, like, it, that would be like saying, like, hey, how about we serve pho but not, not serve all the traditional accompaniments? Like, you need crusty bread to go with, to go with your soup. Right. Just, like, I need, like, 
sprouts and lime and all sorts of beautiful herbs to make my pho taste how I'd like it to taste. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um so this brings me to my second my second sort of preference question like I was laying out earlier. What is your favorite soup? I, I mean, you know, I know that's yeah. a heavy question, so like feel free to say a favorite soup, but uh yeah, I'm always curious. That that's torture. <laughs> That is torture. That that would be like asking me which cat is my favorite cat or which hair on my head is the favorite. It's your very um, own Sophie's <laughs> choice. It's, I mean, maybe not that bad. Um, it, we are just talking about soup. Just. No, no. Soup is <laughs> so important. Um, okay. Honest, honest, honest opinion. Ugh, I'm going to have to... Th- it's really hard. It's a toss-up. <laughs> it's it's protein noodle. You know what I mean? Like, it's a protein noodle soup. So mm. it's either, you know, my mom's chicken noodle soup that cures everything, including heartbreak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And a bowl of pho, mm. um, the Vietnamese beef uh, and noodle soup. Um, I think those are my two favorites. I don't think I can. I don't think I can choose one from the other. I I absolutely get that. I, <laughs> funny enough, my my favorite is also some variation of that. I hadn't, you know, this is a recurring theme tonight. I hadn't thought to phrase it that way, but absolutely, the like some kind of noodle and some kind of meat is my sort of ideal soup. You know, coming to I would argue that even a wonton soup is kind of like that except instead of a noodle you've got the sort of dough wrapped around the meat mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of you know ramen I'm a big fan of, of pho um, but my my absolute favorite is um, we last year kept making this soup that was like kind of honestly like a little bit like what you were saying is the sort of end of the month soup uh, except a little bit more intentional than that lots of veggies chopped up you know all the sort of you know onion celery pepper whatever uh, in some kind of like chicken broth um, with beef meatballs in it um, and you know some kind of noodle Mm. And uh, that's like almost like Italian wedding soup, but not quite. Like, I think that if I made that and said it was Italian wedding soup, Italians would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, the only similarity really being the meatballs. Uh, But having meatballs floating in your soup is such a game changer. And it's something that I wish I'd known about, you know, for the first 25 years of my life and hadn't only discovered last year. I completely agree with you. I think that, like, we have to be honest and give a big up to, like, the whole Asian continent for mastering soup and um, sharing, spreading the good news with the rest of the world so that we could then, you know, in our turn, kind of integrate all of their know-how. But, yeah, I think that meatballs floating in soup, like, meat soup is so good when there is meat in it. And I'm speaking as someone who is trying to very hard to reduce my meat consumption. Mm-hmm. And like, just there is something very primal and comfortable, like comforting and nurturing about like, I think it's also the cuts of meat that go into soup, you know, mm. like even if it's ground meat, like the fact that it cooks for so long, like it falls apart. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you're, you're, you know, our, our homo sapiens sapiens teeth get that pleasure that maybe a previous version of us would have like 
you know, enjoyed even more, but it's like just that that sensation of, of meat coming apart between our teeth. It's very, very nice. Yeah. It's so good. And like sometimes the thing with like pieces of meat and meatballs and things of uh, the sort, I mean, I don't think tofu would ever qualify because I don't think you can marinate it enough for it to <laughs> sit in broth and retain any type of flavor. Right. But I think that there's also the incredible joy at finding a hidden piece of meat yes. or meatball under a mountain of vegetable in your soup. There are few pleasures like that in life. Like <laughs> it is so fun when you're like enjoying this bowl of soup and you're like, mm, I've devoured all the meat. And then you're like, let me tuck into the rest of this roughage. And then like, you're like, oh my God, secret meat. How pleasant. <laughs> like, yay i should buy a lottery <laughs> ticket kind of thing it is uh it's right up there with getting a surprise onion ring in your french fries oh yes tom yes <laughs> you're speaking my language um, even better a, a surprise onion ring in your poutine ooh. that has happened to me once and i will forever go to that same place every time i want to put in in case it happens again <laughs> it was such a pleasurable experience that's amazing have you ever had like have you had a significant soup experience tom <laughs> a significant soup experience um, yeah yeah you know what um have i had a significant soup experience um not like not in a way of like it being life changing or anything. Um, I think the soup that kind of stands out for me as like maybe my favorite soup is um, there's this white bean kale and chorizo soup that Teffer makes oh, that is uh, which is excellent. Yeah, I, I I thought you'd had it here before. I think we made it maybe the night that you came over to play D and D with us that one time. I'm nodding vigorously. Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so that soup is like <laughs> maybe my my favorite soup currently. Not talking about like cuz I do sort of feel like while it is true that things like ramen and pho are soups, I'm kind of removing them from my like idea of soup for this conversation just cuz I'm planning on doing episodes about those specifically later. Um so like non you know, non-ramen and non-pho soups, I think that is maybe my, like, absolute favorite is the, like, white bean kale chorizo soup, which is crazy because I don't really like kale that much in other contexts, but something about it in that soup, it, it gives this texture, it gives this kind of chewiness, and then I'm a huge chorizo person, and, like, white beans are just lovely, and it, it all kind of comes together and is delicious. But I don't know that I'd say it was a significant experience the first time I ate it as much as it was like, oh, this is really good. I'm going to have a few more bowls of this and then we're going to make it a lot more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. <laughs> That's hard, though, because when we look at soup and like you remove certain certain soups from it. Oof. Like when you when you remove the heavy hitters, I wonder what's left. Like I got chicken <laughs> noodle. Sure. Um, maybe a matzo ball soup. Mm. I wouldn't say no to. But that again, it's like chicken noodle elevated uh, <laughs> for, for the soul. Right. Um, yeah, I think again. Oh, probably beef and barley would sneak in there. Mm. Um, I, can, I can get pretty, pretty intimate with a bowl of beef and barley. <laughs> Did you, I think you maybe brought us some beef and barley soup at some point. That's possible. I think I, think I remember when, that. when Toby was born or something. Yeah. yeah it was really good. Th <laughs> Thank you. Gifting soup is important. It is. 
when my when so my best friend had uh, her son five years ago, mm-hmm. and when she was when she was she told me she was pregnant, it was you know the most exciting moment ever uh, within our friendship. We were just so excited to welcome another buddy into <laughs> our crew, and I joked with with her and her husband that I was gonna you know that I was gonna find a way to still get my mark on this child because he was obviously gonna be my nephew, right? So I brought them soup every every week or every couple of weeks because um, I was like, that way I can make sure that, you know, your child is really well fed mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I've contributed. Yeah. And so and since then, it's really fun, like with with several friends and then whenever I can, like, you know, babies are synonymous with soup and that gives me a chance to try out some that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm actually I'm really glad we came to this because it it is like I think that is something that we don't necessarily think about, but like soup by virtue of being something you can make a lot of in one go and will always have leftovers of and will be able to store in the freezer really really well for months and months at a time is one of those things that is perfect to bring to new parents who need meals that they can just defrost and eat and uh i think that's that's underrated you know yeah and it's such a it's such a heartfelt gift you know because we like when you make soup for someone there's always so much care that goes into it Mm -hmm. you know folks who have a parent who make like a special like feel better soup or whatever like it's so prominent in pop culture but like it's a fact in my family and I am a very good cook but my chicken noodle soup does not taste like my mother's and it never will and I'm (laughs) angry um, about it you know but it tastes different because it, it really is made you know out of that special place in her heart you know that holds all of all of her love for whoever she's cooking for yeah. and i think that that is something that we have to pass on right mm-hmm. soup is a gather it's a food of, it's a food that that's important for gatherings I mean, soup kitchens uh, soup soup is about making sure that people are fed you know even in the most dire of circumstances you can take like a few peels and rot like bits and bobs of vegetables and and turn it into an actual nourishing food for several people. So, so soup is, soup is the great unifier. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always think about like, so I'm not a church person anymore, but I used to be right. And there's this story in the Bible where Jesus gets, I think it's like three fish and five loaves of bread or something and like manages to, you know, multiply it, turn it into food that you know, a crowd of however many people can eat and and be satisfied. And I, one of the things I used to try to do when I cared actively about Jesus at all or the Bible was think about like, what, you know, what are ways that we can interpret this that are maybe more realistic than miracles, right? (laughs) Shocking that I'm not a Christian anymore when that was the way that I was reading the Bible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And one of the things that kind of struck me with that story was like, it, you know, you could make three fish into a soup that would last long enough and make enough for tons of people. And that bread could just as easily become part of that dish, right? Um, so, yeah, like, I, I think that there is something to, like, using soup as a way to get people filled up without necessarily having to have much, you know? Yes, absolutely. What I'm saying is Jesus didn't work miracles. He just made soup. But maybe soup is a miracle in and of itself. I mean, that would drive me to maybe become home 
home buddies no just become <laughs> friends with like explore that like if 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 everything about Jesus ended up being about soup, I mean, I'd still show up. I'd ask, <laughs> I'd ask uncomfortable questions, but I'd show up. Yeah, that's it. With my spoon. Sometimes, sometimes all it takes to win friends is a nice bowl of soup. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, heck, why not? You know, in The Simpsons, isn't there that song? You don't make friends with salad. Well, there's no song that says you don't make friends with soup. That's true. And as most restaurants will tell you, the options are either soup or salad. So <laughs> quid pro quo. I mean, if uh, whoever is listening wants to be friends with Tom and myself, better get on that soup bandwagon. <laughs> Unless it's a chunky pureed soup, in which case eh, I'll have tomato juice, please. We'll unpack that another time. Caddy, <laughs> uh, do you have any final thoughts on soup? Any final wisdom before we uh, wrap up? Soup's the best. Try uh, try, try soups that um, have weird things in them that you would... Not weird things, but things that are strange to you. Mm. Uh, don't be afraid of those, like uh, parts of things, heads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you can't recognize them in your bowl, and uh, it's a pleasure in your mouth. Yeah. I, I think that's good, like... I'm going to echo that advice about not just soup, but about all dishes, really. Like, if you are being served a meal and it is weird to you, just, like, remember that it's not weird to the person who made it. So (laughs) it's probably safe and probably tasty. Yeah, no one cooks out of spite, right? Yeah. You got to cook out of love, and that's where it tastes new with me. Now, if you think the person is cooking out of spite, that's a different story. But like, yeah, no, <laughs> grab your stuff and go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, Caddy, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want to uh, tell the fine folks at home where they can find you? Absolutely. Um, so you can check out the podcast that I co-host on the Upwork Network. Uh, uh, it's called Yeah Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yeah Podcast. And that's about it. Uh, we're also on Twitter, and we have a website. You can just Google Foo us. It'll be great. Um, you can find me at caddy double underscore D on all platforms as well. Sweet. Well, Caddy, thanks again. That was a lot of fun. Great. Thank you. Caddy and I talked a lot in the first half of this episode about food security and how soup is a great way to stretch a few ingredients a long way. So I want to take a minute here in the middle of the show to talk again about the great work being done by the people at The Depot, the local food bank here in my home neighborhood of NDG. In addition to helping provide food for people in need, they also have programs in place and resources available to help people make better, smarter choices about what they eat, from cooking and gardening workshops to advocacy events and summer camps. And much like soup can stretch ingredients that much further, the folks at The can stretch your dollars that much further uh, in that for every dollar they get in donations, they can make three times as much uh, food happen basically. So for the month of October, I'll be donating a dollar to The Depot for every new review this show gets on Apple Podcasts. So if you want to help me help The Depot help people, it only takes a minute to leave a review and that will go a long way, three times as far as my dollars. I also want to tell you about a special giveaway contest we're running over on Instagram at Down With Talking. From now through October 15th, so there's very little time left by the time you're hearing this, so go act fast, you can enter to win a $25 gift card for DoorDash, which you can then use to order food from your favorite local restaurants. You can head to our Instagram page at Down With Talking to find out more. Okay. 
My second guest on this week's episode is someone you've heard before. He was on our serial episode a couple weeks ago. He's one of the co-hosts of Left Trigger, Right Trigger, the video game book club podcast. I already teased that he was going to be in the episode about half an hour ago, so you already know he's here. It's Giovanni Colantonio. Hi, I'm back. I'm back for another episode about soup, if you consider cereal to also be soup. I don't. Okay, well, then never, <laughs> never mind. Throw it, tear that one up. Throw it out the window. Get rid of it. Can it. Destroy yeah. it extremely bad <laughs> welcome back thank you thank you for having me i'm very happy to be back talking about uh, my favorite thing <laughs> which is making people mad <laughs> <laughs> okay so when you were here to talk about cereal let's cut straight yeah. to the chase when you were yeah. here to talk about cereal you said that cereal is kind of a soup explain yourself well yeah i mean okay i i think this is pretty self-explanatory right i think how do you how do you define a soup? i think like maybe that that's a way that I want to start this. Like what, what, when you think, when you think soup, how do you define it? Uh, to me, a soup is any, like any dish or meal, I guess that is primarily all cooked in the same pot, mostly like liquid or like, you know, whether that is a, a clear broth or a thick thing, the, the mm-hmm. consistent thing there is that it is like primarily liquid. Like it's a wet dish. <laughs> That's uh-huh, a uh-huh. horrible way to say that. Uh, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a, it's almost like the beverage of foods. That's really it for me, because I, I don't think temperature has to be a factor necessarily. And I don't. Oh God damn it! You're right. Cereal's a soup. Yeah. It, okay. You just can I just say that you just described cereal in in everything that you just said. Yeah. Um. I mean, and, and that's my that's my justification yeah. here. I I think like, uh, <laughs> as soon as you start to def- I, I think like obviously the gut reaction is to be like, well, cereal's not soup because cereal cereal but i think as soon as you start to define anything about what soup is i don't i don't think there's anything that you can say that that makes it sound like not soup right like I, i'm trying to think of any definition you could give or like any any caveat that you could give to soup you know because uh, you, you can't be like it's not a breakfast food because that's meaningless you know sure, like you can yeah. have soup for breakfast oh totally um lots of cultures you know, do yeah and you and you can't be like well it has to like have vegetables in it because like that's not true either um <laughs> You know, I feel like there are soups that are made with dairy products. Oh, it, totally. And my, you know, I, I, I think I'm not wrong on that. Um, so you can't be like, well, it, it can't, a soup doesn't have dairy. Um, I, I don't think there is a um, any 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 caveat that you can say that 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 disproves it. And that's that's what I would say. Um, and I challenge anybody to do that. I mean, that's that's my thing. And and just for okay, so on, on left trigger, right trigger, um, our, our video game book club, we do have a little running gag that we like to do. Where whenever we're confused about a word, we just go straight to Webster's. Let me let me read what Webster's has to say. Okay, interesting. So Webster's has a way to get around this. Webster's says a liquid food, especially with a meat, fish, or vegetable stock as a base, and often containing pieces of solid food. Um, again, though, the the use of especially there uh, adds some room for uh, uh, I think interpretation, right? Like yeah. that it, it doesn't necessarily have to have that. Like there's plenty of soups that don't have um any of those things so yeah i think i think it's soup yeah (laughs) it it kind of makes me feel like webster's are kind of phoning it in with that definition a little bit but also (laughs) like like i feel like anytime that you're defining something and you have to add in conditional words like especially and often it's like okay so what is this thing that you're describing then because it sounds like to me the only thing that soup has to be is wet yeah well and that's the thing like and and you know, I think you talked. Uh, you talked. It sounds like you talked in the first half of this episode about this, but like um, the fact that so much of soup is like, what do I have lying around? Right. And I, I'm going to kind of put it in. You know, that makes it so that the definition has to be, you know, pretty um, 
pretty broad, right? right. Um, and, and so I, I think that, yeah, like soup, it's 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 broad enough that like if you have some sort of liquid broth, and there is some sort of anything on top of it, so that it's not just liquid. I mean, I, I don't know how to get around it, you know? There's no, there's nothing saying, like, it can't be sweet. There's nothing saying broth right. can't be milk. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I hate it, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. I, I mean, look, like, nobody, nobody wants to have their viewpoint of the world shattered. Like, no one wants to be like, Pluto's not a planet, right? Right. Um, but, like, at, at some, uh, at, at some point, we have to accept it. And if we go to Webster's definition for broth, uh, I will say that the definition for broth says uh, liquid in which meat, fish, cereal grains, or vegetables have been cooked. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, I don't know. Huh. There's a little connection there. There really is. That's, I don't know that I could tell you off the top of my head what a cereal grain broth tastes like. But... <laughs> Absolutely no idea. And yeah. I, I'm just leaning on the fact that it says cereal with having no <laughs> knowledge of what it means. I'm not a food expert. <laughs> okay, so now that we've like established that cereal yeah. is technically a soup and yeah. we've we've broken down the sort of feeble attempts at defining what soup is in the first right. place, um, what is your ideal soup? Don't say cereal. That's... No, it's not cereal. It's not cereal. Um, uh, I mean, I I like a I like. Well, okay. Now we get into a. So are we not? We're we're not counting a stew here, right? Like we're not saying a, a stew is a, is a soup, are we? Or are we? I don't know. I don't know. I I think that if your favorite soup is a stew, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> but you can't. But you can't do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think I really had a phase where I was really into um like like the cheddar broccoli type Ooh, soup okay I, I don't know what it was there was just like a period of my life um i think when i started like working office jobs and it was like i'm working on 42nd street in new york and every you go to a place next door and it's like here's the soup of the day and i was like all right i'm a soup of the day i'm a soup of the day guy now um there there was a brief phase of, of getting into getting into that specific type of soup um and that was that was delight. That was a that was a delightful thing. The other thing that I will say is is I'm not like I I, I love a cookbook, um, but I'm not I'm not necessarily like a celebrity chef guy in the sense that like I don't I don't follow many celebrity chefs or anything like that. Sure. Um, but I do have uh, I think like two cookbooks by Rachel Ray. Sure. And uh, Rachel Ray infuriates me. Uh, in, <laughs> I don't, okay, let me. This is. I'm gonna get so sidetracked so quickly, and I apologize for this. That's but, okay. But uh, but I, you know, I, I had this Rachel Ray cookbook, and I don't know what it was about it. But every once in a while, something would just like make me mad about it, and so I spent a really long time being like Rachel Ray. She must secretly be like a bad person, right? Because I was just so mad at like certain that certain things in the cookbook, you know, where it's like, oh, like put some wine in it and make sure you take a swig for yourself. And I was like, I don't know why, but this makes me mad. <laughs> and I did so much research for months where I'd be like, I'd type into Google like Rachel Ray environment, like, oh, does she have environment bad environmental? And it would always be like Rachel Ray says this huge pro environment thing. And after months, I had to give up because I was like every single thing. Seems great, but one of the things that made me really mad in her cookbook that I did make constantly, but it made me mad every time, is that she has what she calls a stoop. No, uh, S T O U P, which is how oh, she no. describes the spectrum between soup and stew. Um, 
I could not tell you the difference between those three things, um, but I do love a good hearty stoop from, <laughs> from Rachel Ray. Oh, no. I, I don't know what... I, I guess it's just, like, a lot of liquid, but also, like, a lot of big stuff. Like, it would it would always be, like, you know, sausage and potato. Sure. Like, cut up into bigger chunks. Um, but, and that I like... in a waterier it, broth than a stew usually is, I guess. Yeah, just wet, just wet sausage. <laughs> That's, oh no! Which maybe just sound, maybe that's why she uh, did not name it wet sausage and instead used a terrible word. Um, but yeah, like I, I I will say that um, you know I I like the uh, I like the improv nature of a soup. Mm-hmm. You know, so so a lot of the time I don't like I don't think of it in the sense of oh this kind of soup is what I like. It it just ends up kind of being like yeah you know I just threw these things together and like it was good as hell. Um, and and that's that's kind of where the stoop lives for me because it's it's really just the freeform jazz of cooking soups you know it's just like i don't know it doesn't matter just put it all put it all in the pot and it doesn't even matter if it's a soup or not because if it's not we can just say it's a stew right it's like not even fully committed to the like genre of dish that it is it's experimental yeah it, it truly it truly is just kind of like oh i didn't put enough liquid in it not a problem it's a stew actually <laughs> you know like it feels like it feels like something that is designed for people who can't cook well and <laughs> i appreciate that as as somebody so yeah i like a good like hearty potato and you know sausage stoop <laughs> <laughs> let's see how many more times we can say stoop during this episode i hate it i hate it <laughs> i you know what i i think that there is something nice about a dish like that that you can when there's a meal that you can make and halfway through cooking it you can decide actually i'm doing something slightly different here um yeah there's something kind of refreshing about that um yeah i have that every once in a while with pasta sauces versus like a chili because you can at the at a moment's notice decide that your pasta sauce is in fact going to be a chili like if you if you've started making pasta sauce and then you suddenly realize shit i have no noodles what am i gonna put this sauce on and the idea of just you know slapping some sauce on a slice of bread isn't appealing to you because you know (laughs) you're not in college Um, you can crack over a couple cans of beans yeah i've had days like that sometimes while you know while the sauce is simmering you know and the noodles are cooking if i'm hungry for a little sneaky snack maybe i'll throw a little sauce on some bread look i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, chastise anyone's habits because i i got one of those boxes that has like those packing peanuts that are technically edible today right. and i did i did eat some they're not horrible I, right no they're not they're fine they taste they taste like starch yeah um my neighbors watched in horror as i ate like 10 of them and had to make me stop um so i understand if you put sauce on a piece of bread yeah, exactly. Um, but like, you know, I, I have definitely had that moment where I've been in the middle of making pasta sauce, realized I didn't have enough noodles, realized I had a can of beans and was like, well, okay, fine. And and you yeah. just throw the beans in there and let it simmer a little longer and you got a chili. And like, maybe yeah. change the spices up a little bit. I don't know. But I think there is something really nice about a food that you can, you know, play around with the consistency of it and change what it is. And I think that the stoop is a perfect example of that. The, God. the stoop, the stoop is a great example of that, despite the fact that it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Horrible. I mean, also as a, as a big Italian man, um, just a large, <laughs> ever expanding Italian man, like that is that is a lot of the appeal of um of pasta for me too, where right. like making a sauce where, you know. I had like a thing recently where I had um I had like perch I think like some the the old fish the old fish the perch right right um, I know I about that because of Animal Crossing 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught it in Animal Crossing, and then I cooked it in real life. Um, I was like, wow, I want to try this thing in the game. Um, but but I know with that, I was kind of like, I couldn't cook it right. I just like couldn't get it to not fall apart when I was like trying to bake it or, or, or trying to like do it in a pan. Um, and at some point, I was like making a pasta sauce, and I was like, what if I just threw the threw the dang fish into it? And it was great. And I just like built a whole thing around that. And I was like, cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's like the appeal of of soup um, <laughs> and 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 pasta uh, sauces. Like any any liquid thing is great. You can just you could just turn that into whatever you want. Chili is the same way, you know. Yeah, honestly, if you pour it in a martini glass, you can. <laughs> it's technically a drink. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. Is okay. Maybe this reference is going to be lost. Um, we've determined that cereal is a uh, soup because it is a liquid with with some sort of solid floating in it, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, do you remember uh, soda? May, I don't know. Maybe this was just a horrible, horrible American thing. Um, there was a soda in the '90s, and it was called Orbitz, I believe. Mm. I think that's what it was called. Um, and it was a soda that had just stuff floating in it. I don't I don't actually know what it was, but there was stuff floating in it and that was the that was the appeal of the soda. I think that's what it's called. I yeah, might it is orbits it, it, and I'm going to blow yes. your mind a little bit. It is not yeah. a horrible American invention. That in fact is our fault. That's a Canadian thing. No way. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Why'd you do that to us? I don't know, man. I was you know what? It was introduced in 1997 discontinued in 1998 and as, uh, as god intended i was uh, four and five in those years so i'm gonna say it not my fault is that is that a soup is orbits a soup i mean it's it lets it's a liquid oh. but it does have solid some sort of solid floating in it do we know what the solid is because i'm two paragraphs <laughs> into the wikipedia page for it and they still haven't told us uh, it's orbits. It's there's it's it's the special secret sauce. Oh no! Again, this is the soup is soup is a lot of it's improv, right? So I mean, orbits is improv. It's here's the thing: if if we say that orbits isn't soup, um, then do we have to define soup by how it is consumed? You know, like if I put a soup in a can or a bottle and I drink it out of that, like without a spoon, does it stop being a soup? Huh? No, I don't think okay. so. I don't think so because you. I've gotten like a mug of soup before. You know, Campbell's has that product that's like Campbell's cup of soup that you right, right. pour it in a mug and microwave it and bada bing, you got your chicken noodle drink. Right. You 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 drink it up, you slurp it up like a like a Pepsi. Yeah. Um so, Same okay, speed so... I would drink a Pepsi at too. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um just as fast. Um and so is orbits a soup? That's the question, the hot question I want to bring to this. Yuck is is my answer. Um <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's not, but I don't know. Okay. I don't Here's know. Here's the problem. How can you how do we know? <laughs> I mean it was know? discontinued like, after a year, so we really don't know. That might have been why the FDA might have been like we don't know if this is a soup and therefore <laughs> this can't exist anymore. Yeah, and that's the fun of soup. You just don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. Wow, I feel like I I feel like you had a line of questioning, and I have brought you to 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 heck very no, quickly. You know what? That's totally fine. We're loosey goosey here. I'm a We're loose soup guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's and again, like you know, none of this is to disparage soup. I think I think sure. it's actually a really beautiful thing about soup is that it can be anything. It can either be um, vegetables in in 
you know, a, a nice vegetable broth with some potato, um, or it can be marshmallows in a bowl of milk, um, or it can be a, a carbonated beverage with something floating in it that is undefined and unknown to humans. <laughs> it's 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 basically carbonated bubble tea. Yeah, is bubble tea a soup? I think bubble tea's got to be. I mean, at this point, like. Okay, let's assume, let's do a terrible thing here and decide that there are three categories of food, all right? Soups, yes. salads, sandwiches. Everything uh, everything that doesn't fall into one of those three, it's probably because it's an ingredient. Yes. Soup, salad, sandwiches, anything that doesn't fall in, it's because it's an ingredient. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, because, so we started talking about this last time, right? Yeah. The classifications, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm hard pressed to find anything that doesn't fit into those. Right. Um, and I've tried, especially once once you bring in the ingredient part of it. I think it it solves a lot of problems because I think some people just leave it at those three, and then you're like, "What's an egg?" Right. And it's like, I, I, "It's an egg." Yeah. Um. But you don't just but, eat an egg. Well, you don't just. Well. Well. Okay. No, you can no, but but you can you can eat an ingredient on its own. Like I can eat yeah. I can eat pars I can just eat parsley from the stem if I want to. But sure. Like, yeah. I, I mean, do sometimes. You got to munch a little in the grocery store, make sure you're yeah, buying yeah, the right yeah. thing. You know. Yeah, you just you, it tastes. It's like, oh, okay, that's parsley. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that that classification system. I think when you said it the first time I was here, I was kind of like, I don't know. That seems reductive. But I don't know. Like a huge thing on Left Trigger, Right Trigger, um, our video game podcast, is that we are critical of how much video game genres have been really stretched out you know and 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 all of these inaccessible um annoying terminology that has been built for genres like the roguelike or the metroidvania or you know things that just any casual human being doesn't know what they mean right yeah um and, and a huge thing that we, we did on the show recently is that we rewrote the genres for gaming to just write three because right. we were like if we just have three genres it it you know, classifies everything. And I think food's the same way, where as soon as you start to get into, like, you know, oh, this is a stew. Yeah, this is a stoop. Um, then then you it, become, it, be, it goes farther and farther away, you know? Like, it's it's hard to, to classify that. And I think that we should keep our language accessible and simple um, in, in that regard. And so I think sandwich, soup, salad, um, these are all things we can understand, right? right. And, and we can just... We can just call them all that um the only thing that i think you get into an issue with there is like if i cook a piece of chicken i don't think it's anything other than those three and i guess you could just call a piece of chicken an ingredient but if it is cooked up with other ingredients i think it ceases to be an ingredient yeah well that's where it gets tricky right because i wouldn't right. necessarily like let's say yeah what are you cooking your chicken with you're you're throwing down some oil i guess you got some herbs and spices on there. I think if you're just doing that and you cook it, it's still just a piece of chicken. It's still just the ingredient. You've just like um, enhanced it, you know? But the second okay. the second you've got like, you know, onions in the pan with it to kind of soak up the juices, I think then it becomes a salad. And here is my reasoning. Okay. A sandwich... Right. If we're looking at these three categories, but this is very stupid. I'm going to acknowledge this right here. No, 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 please, no, no, it's not. Don't you don't have to talk yourself down. This is smart. All right, I I, I won't take full credit for this idea. This is, in fact, my friend Matt Perizzo's brainchild. Um, but I'm going to try to distill this. If you take a piece of chicken, and it's been cooked up with some onions, 
you know, maybe some potatoes, right? Um, It can't be a sandwich because it is not something being served on top of something else that you can then eat with your hands, right? Okay. It can't be a soup because there is no broth. There's no like liquid that it, it is floating in, right? Right. Yeah. But it can be a salad because a salad is just one thing and a bunch of other things on it and it you can mix it up together maybe there's some kind of dressing or sauce yeah i don't know no, no, so no, I, I would argue that a chicken and veggies roast in a pan if you had to categorize it as one of those three which again you don't but if you had to <laughs> i would call it a salad yeah i mean if it is those things but the only thing i would push back on is when you said like oh you know if it's seasoned um you know not necessarily like i don't know i think I think as soon as you are adding, like, you know, salt is an ingredient. And if you are adding ingredient to ingredient, it has, it, it ceases to be just ingredient, right? Sure. Because then if, okay, if we were, if we were presupposing that, then everything is ingredient and there's no <laughs> need for, and there's no need for anything. Because if we're calling that you can combine ingredients and it can still be ingredient, then, I mean, then, then we're just in a one times one equals one situation. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I'm thinking of it on a structural level, right? Okay. Where like now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, where like these categories to me are about how you eat them, right? They're yeah. about how they're kind of presented and how you eat them, as opposed to like how complicated they are or what they taste okay. like. So like I would I would say you know if you have <laughs> this is uh, I don't know why this is where my brain's going, but here we go, baby. A cup of yeah. coffee, coffee yeah. beans ingredient. Okay. You brew the coffee. That's a soup, right? Oh, you know, yeah. But it's kind of just one thing, right? It is just water that has been seasoned by ground coffee beans. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's seasoned water. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> but when you add milk to it, it doesn't change what it is, really, right? It's still a soup. It doesn't It doesn't change anything. Is seasoned ingredient just a subset of ingredient, then? Well, that's that's the problem with language, right? Is that we try to categorize <laughs> things, and then we end up with roguelike Metroidvanias. Oh and, God. you know, shoot 'em ups and You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> now I see the problem. You, you end up with indie rock and, you know, alt-sub-hip, high-fly yeah. pop. And, and stoop. And stoop. If you try too hard to categorize things into subcategories, you end up with stoop. Yeah. Wow. That's my. I feel my eyes have been opened here today by that. Good. That's and, the goal. And I don't know what I'm looking at, and I want to close them again. You're looking at stoop, baby. Yeah. That's that's stoop, baby. Uh. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Is this where you? Is this where you thought all of this would go? No, but I'm glad we got there. Just so I know, what was the intention here? Like, how how badly did I steer did I steer this into hell? Um, you know, I knew we'd kind of go down this route just because we <laughs> okay. foreshadowed it in that other episode, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I sure as hell didn't know Stoop was gonna, you know, grace my. <laughs> didn't ear know it was holes. gonna exist. Stoop and orbits was gonna was gonna pop in. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. I do like that. I bring some chaos um, to your to your wonderful food. Uh, to your wonderful food food show i I very much appreciate that um god i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's okay it's important to bridge that gap because this used to just be a straight up comedy show and now we're you know as we kind of shift to like a serious food podcast like we need to still talk about some dumb shit every once in a while or else it won't feel like the show still has the heart that it used to have 
Right. So and, like, and, it, yeah. and, it, and again, this is educational. I think, I think all, all you listeners out there have learned something from this segment, whether it's that soup, that cereal is a soup, whether it's that orbits exist, uh, or whether it's that Rachel Ray is, is a sociopath that must be stopped at all costs from writing cookbooks. So so far, all all I can tell about why you don't like Rachel Ray is that she used the word stoop, which I agreed yes. that's reprehensible. That that bad. in and of itself is a bad choice. Sorry, Rachel. Yeah. Bad choice. No, here, the I, other I, thing that you've mentioned is that she advocates for taking a sip of wine for yourself while you're cooking. And you know what? I get it. I could see being in the wrong mood for that when you get to that page in the book. But yeah. I think maybe you just weren't the intended audience for that bit. <laughs> You know, you're right. Here's the thing. I'm be Rachel Ray's great, and her cook her recipes I actually think are really like good for the level of like cooking that I'm at. I'm like, oh well, this is easy to understand. Like, I I will not I will not disparage. Uh, it's a love hate relationship, you know. Sure. Um, but it's just like all like, it, there was just a point where I was cooking through that cookbook, you know, and every intro was something like that where it's like, and make sure this is good for your dog to eat too, and it's like, God, Rachel. Just tell me how to cook the food and leave your commentary to the gutter. I think I was just maybe depressed. I don't know. Maybe maybe now that I'm thinking about it, maybe now that I'm thinking about it, it wasn't her fault at all. I just might have been in a bad mood. It's time to revisit the, your Rachel Ray cookbook with new eyes. Yeah, I think I, I think I need to go back to it and start to understand. Maybe it's my problem and it's not Rachel's problem. Um, maybe I just need to start taking a swig of, swig of wine when I cook. Um, and and feeding it to my dog, um, that's just I gotta live like Rachel. Can can dogs drink wine? I don't know. I fe- I probably probably here's the not. Thing. Right? Here's the thing. I'm definitely mi- I'm definitely mixing entries up in that book. So in my head, I'm thinking like that one of the things said, "Take a swig of wine and one for your dog too." But I'm I'm sure that's not what it said. But. But in my head, I can't picture it saying anything else right now. And so I'm like, no, I think she advocated for feeding your dog wine. Um, and I don't think that's I don't think that's actually right. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a really uh, important uh, Wikipedia search here. Wikipedia, yeah, hey, Google. Can dogs hey, drink wine? Real quick, don't 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 give your dog wine, and also don't say that I said that Rachel Ray told you to give your dog <laughs> wine. I'm going to absolve myself of any responsibility of that really quickly. Um, yeah, it looks like dogs can get alcohol poisoning, um, <laughs> <laughs> just like we can, except that they have a lower tolerance than we do. So don't, yeah, don't give your dog wine. Hey, everybody, don't <laughs> give your dog alcohol. And also, Rachel Ray did not say to do it, and I, I would never... I would never say that she did. And please don't say otherwise in any capacity. You know, I don't usually do little like video animations of like the text or, you know, the the transcripts of the show with the audio uh, for these episodes, but I might have to splice something together of you heinously accusing Rachel Ray of telling people to drink dog wine. I would like to again point out that I did not do that, and I would like to make it so clear to Rachel Ray's legal team that I did not say that Rachel Ray wants you to give your dog wine, and it did not say it at any point in her cookbook, 365 Recipes by Rachel Ray. It did, it is not a thing that is said, please don't say that I said it. 
Oh my god. Okay. Well, <laughs> Giovanni, oh that's that's about all the time we got for this episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I can't dig this hole any deeper. Before you slander any other beloved Food Network yeah. personalities. <laughs> um, do you uh, have anything you want to plug before we wrap up? I'm sure you oh, do. I have so much. I have so much. Hey, everybody. If you like podcasts and video games, we do a show. It's called Left Trigger, Right Trigger. It's a video game book club. We talked about this last time. It's great. Come listen to it. But also, new plug, um, I also uh, am in a band. We are called Duckspeak. Three of the co-hosts from that show, uh, from that podcast, are actually in the band, so a little bit of synergy there. Um, We just put out a new album. It's called Death to All Kings. Uh, It is available anywhere that you stream music, whether that be Spotify, Apple Music, uh, or Bandcamp. Uh, it is also available for purchase on Bandcamp if you would like as well. Um, so, yeah. If you listen to Death to All Kings backward, it's actually just 45 straight minutes of Giovanni slandering Rachel. <laughs> don't, Ray. Don't, don't you? Don't. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> what? If, hey, hey, judge in court <laughs> that's listening to this episode right now, I would. I hope you have seen that I did not say any of that, and a lot of words are being <laughs> shoved illegally into my mouth <laughs> to the to the jury i appeal to you i clearly didn't say any of these things your honor i'd like to submit death to all kings by deck speak as a in, as evidence that's how we start that's our viral campaign to get people to listen to the album just submitting it as evidence in different court cases <laughs> <laughs> Judge oh, is like, this mar- has nothing to do with the Scranton Strangler, but <laughs> yeah. wow, it slaps. Yeah, do you want a marketing job? God, get on, <laughs> get on board. Oh, Ooh. man. Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll uh, have to get you back sometime to talk about, uh, I don't know, fish. It's fish. Just, yeah, <laughs> anytime, anytime you have like a, a delightful food that you want ruined, just bring it, get, let me know, and I'll, I'll destroy this podcast with my bare hands. That sounds good. I'm into it. <laughs> Well, thanks again. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Too. And that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Do you have a favorite way to cook soup or eat soup? A favorite soup you've gotten from a place that made soup? How do you feel about stoop? I know how I feel about stoop, and it's not positive. You can tell me all about what you thought of this episode over on Twitter and Instagram at DownWithTalking. If you like this episode and want to help make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash up for discussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. Our patrons get access to our Discord server, the ability to request topics for episodes of the show, like Gabriel did today. Thanks again, Gabriel. Invites to exclusive dinner parties over Zoom, and so much more. That's patreon.com slash up for discussion we also have merch you can click the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Public. and of course you can support the show for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing the episode with a friend a little reminder that every new review we get on apple podcasts during the month of october i will be donating one dollar to the depot food bank here in ndg which they can turn into three dollars via some sort of magic So again, leave a rating and review. It goes a long way. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode, and also links to everything that Caddy and Giovanni mentioned. And last but not least, this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at UpfordNetwork.com. See you next week.
Hello, my name is Stefan, and please join me every week for my podcast, Some Good Friends, a show where I talk to some good friends of mine. Previous guests have included a Reiki healer, the heir to the Redenbacher popcorn throne, the person definitely not responsible for the murder hornet outbreak, and Jack Nicholson. Comes out Mondays, early in the morning. Check it out, and you might laugh. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast.